What's up, guys? Welcome to another edition of the Current Era Pod. I'm your host, Julian, and today I have my brother, Javar, on to talk about those NBA Finals. And uh, we had a great conversation, guys. Um, obviously, it's so much sweeter that the Lakers are in the Finals. Um, we're on our way to winning our 17th NBA championship, and I uh, just couldn't be happier, man. Couldn't be happier. I'm not sure if we're going to do a game-by-game analysis like we did last year. We probably will just because it's the Lakers. But, um, man, you know, before the Lakers, you know, we're, we're fans of the game. So, yeah, we probably will. But anyway, um, this is a great conversation, guys. If you're new to the pod, please hit that subscribe button. You will uh, greatly help out the show. And uh, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please pause the show and leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That will also help my show grow. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter and all my other social medias, um, which will be linked in the description below. And I think that's it, guys. Let's go ahead and get to the episode. (sighs) All right, bro. We're back, man. We're back. Uh, I'm not going to lie. This edition of the Current Era Podcast feels a little bit sweeter. Um, Man, it's, it's, it's time for the NBA Finals and it's time for the Lakers to be back in the NBA Finals. Uh, obviously, both of us have a ton of thoughts about this, man. Uh, but before we get into it, man, how are you doing over there, man? What, what's going on? Hey, man, I'm doing pretty good. Um, just excited as you are. It's crazy that, uh, what, a year later, <laughs> we're finally about to get this championship that we thought we had a pretty good chance of, uh, of getting. Yep. You know, assuming everything continues to go as expected. Right. Yeah, man, there's there's uh, there's a lot to get into. Um, but first, before we get into the actual finals, I want to start with uh, with some, I don't know, sad news, I guess, depending on how you look at it. Uh, this is something that we talked about in our last pod when the Clippers blew a 3-1 lead. We talked about Doc Rivers um, and the Clippers and Doc Rivers have decided to mutually part ways or you can say they fired him. However, you want to say it. Uh, what's your reaction to this? Because I was pretty much expecting it. Yeah, I mean, you figure you lose a 3-1 lead, you know, with all the, like, it's just funny how Paul George is trying to say it wasn't a championship or bust. I mean, obviously it was. Yeah. I guess he didn't get the memo, but <laughs> you just figured, you know, with Paul George and Kawhi being on, only on two-year deals that they had to, you know, they had to get it moving. So uh, they had the roster, uh, they had, you know, had some, it wasn't perfect, but a lot of people thought they were the best team in the league and had the best roster. And to go out in the second round, I mean, that's a tough pill to swallow. Up three one. Yeah. Nah. Some somebody somebody's head gotta go. I mean, gotta gotta roll. So. Yeah, and you know the the crazy thing is Twitter. Oh my goodness! I don't know if you can hear my, my baby's in there barking, but Twitter has a uh, posted posted a stat, and uh, I I just I just didn't believe it, so I had to look it up. But I mean, Doc Rivers was the coach there for seven years, and he only won three playoff series. That's right. that's insane. Like that, all the talent that he had. All yeah, the that he like yeah. like dude had pl- uh, prime Blake Griffin and uh, Chris Paul. I mean, a uh, uh, I mean, an all star DeAndre Jordan. He had, I mean, so many so many good players. I mean, and now he just had Kawhi and Paul George, and the second round was the best he could do with all that talent. That's just that's crazy. That's crazy. But and they could have lost in the first round. I mean, looking in hindsight, if KP yeah. if Porzingis didn't get injured, I mean, it could have happened, bro. Like they weren't looking good. <laughs> they were. They were teetering. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, this 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 firing of Doc Rivers just kind of leads into, you know, a whole bunch of different questions about, you know, their future. But like you said, you know, they signed for two years last summer. 
So this next season is going to be their last year, guaranteed with the team. So, I mean, the Clippers are – go ahead. So you figure they're not going to make a move like that without going by Kawhi and Paul George, right? But didn't right. Kawhi say he wanted to play for Doc Rivers? Doc Rivers. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, uh, apparently um, from, from what I'm hearing from Woj and all the other insiders – uh, Steve Ballmer did reach out to those guys, but ultimately it was left up to him. I mean, he's the owner of the team, so you know I don't know if that's going to necessarily sit well with Kawhi and Paul George, and I guess we'll find out. But you know, um, a lot of people are already trying to put you know Ty Lue in his shoes or Jeff Van Gundy's name has been thrown around. Who 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 do you think would be a good candidate to coach the Clippers now? Man, and like, are are they <laughs> are they going into a good situation? <laughs> Yeah, I was about to say, like, would you want to coach this team? I mean, uh, it's pretty much one shot or nothing. I mean, if yeah. you don't, if you don't win, it's they might these guys might just bounce and um, you might get fired. So it's just like it's, a, it's, a, it's quite the the risk. But um, I can't think. I mean, you also got to know: are these guys like Montrez and Lou, Pat Beverly? You know, these guys have been around that kind of the old guard. Are they still going to be here? I mean, right. otherwise you might just still have the same issues with another coach. So I'd have to know, like, some, you know, are they plan on some major changes, like, with the roster or, I mean, I, I don't know. It's kind of just more to develop there, but it's definitely interesting. I, I don't even know who would be a good candidate. It'd have to be some kind of veteran win-now type of coach, I would imagine. But from what yeah. I'm reading, they sound like they're kind of interested in, like, maybe finding the next Nick, the next uh Nick Nurse or Steve Kerr, you know, these first-time coaches that right. are innovative or whatever. Yeah. And I was just going to say, uh, going by how the Clippers and Ballmer and, you know, that new wave of how they try to operate, it sounds like they're more leaning towards that route, which would not be like a Ty Lue or, I mean, maybe a Sam Cassell that's been on the bench with them as well. But I don't know, like, does Ty Lue sound like the type of guy that, can is different than Doc. I mean, he's pretty much the same. the same kind of guy, except, you know, I give, I give Ty Lue this. He does do adjustments in the playoffs, at least when he had LeBron. Maybe that was LeBron telling him what to do. I don't know, but <laughs> he, he did run some good adjustments out of, you know, out of, out of timeout plays and stuff like that. But he just can't, like, he doesn't really do much for the regular season and cohesion and chemistry and playing a actual style because he just relied on LeBron to run everything. So, I don't yeah. know if Ty, Doc, I mean, if Ty Lue is even a good coach. So, I don't yeah. know. I mean, I guess, you know, if if he does get promoted to head coach there, I mean, this would be his real chance to show that he can coach. So, you know, it's I mean. Like one time or it's over. Like, that's a right. lot. This dude, this dude was over here having anxiety attacks coaching LeBron. Like, does he really need the stress? <laughs> wasn't, he, wasn't he depressed and stuff? Did he take like a week off? Yeah, he had to take a week off. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you're right i mean we'll, we'll see like that that entire situation with the clippers is uh it's going to be interesting it, it, it'll be crazy if like in a year we're talking about how the clippers are like a lottery team again and yes that's you know, so close to it they're like yeah. halfway there honestly yeah which is sad um but hey you know you, you got to try steve Ballmer is, is a good owner I, I i really do believe in steve Ballmer. like he, he he tries his hardest so i feel like I feel like that he'll he'll try to get somebody he really believes in to coach this team, and you know maybe maybe they'll have a better shot next year. But I mean, as presently constructed, 
I, I, I never believed that those guys were better than us. So I don't know. I, I just didn't see how they were going to beat us in a seven game series. But, you know, they've got the Nuggets and the Mavericks to worry about, too. So, yeah. yeah. But um, I'll tell you what, man, one more one more one more shot. One more uh, thought <laughs> on that is that uh, Lakers gonna have cap space in 2021. If Kawhi want to come beat his third option. <laughs> third option. You said it, third. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh, everybody man. know he wanted to come to the Lakers in the first place. Come on over here, bro. I'm <laughs> playing around with the Clippers. <laughs> Paul George, I could trade him off to anywhere. You know, trade his ass to Detroit. Warriors and or something. He gonna be he gonna be uh, in basketball irrelevancy like Blake Griffin is. Man, I, uh, this is this is like completely like out of like this is like super random. But I was thinking about this the other day, bro. Like Blake Griffin, I, I feel so bad for him because sometimes I just forget that he's in the league. Like like it's sad. Like this, this dude went from basketball the... royalty to just the Netherlands of the NBA. Yeah, like this nigga is sad. beyond the wall. Like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> like nobody talks about Blake Griffin anymore. Like he's 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 still a good player. Like he he can still hoop. I mean, he just well, he is hurt too much now. Yeah, he, he's yeah he he's gotten hurt like every year he's been there. But damn, like I, I I like it was just it was like a random thought. Like is Blake Griffin still in the league? Oh yeah, he's in Detroit. Like oh yeah, like like he just doesn't get any screen time. Like from all the State Farm commercials and even even when the Clippers were bad, his first two years, like he was still getting all this yeah. press. Yeah, like it's it's crazy how how markets are, man. Like. Wow, like poor Blake Griffin, but um, I guess it, it, at least he got that bag though. That's all that matters. So w- one more coaching change I want to talk about is Billy Donovan, uh, the former OKC coach, went from the Oklahoma City Thunder to the Chicago Bulls. Um, I don't really understand the move. I mean, from from everything I was hearing, Billy Donovan didn't want to go through a, a rebuild, and you know, like apparently OKC was about to blow it up, and he goes to Chicago, who is uh in a rebuild. So I, I don't maybe maybe I'm missing something. So you tell me, like, what did you think of this? Well, at least Chicago is kind of around the corner. Like they've kind of drafted their their players and they got another pick coming. Whereas OKC, they're about to strip it down and start all the way over. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And just it's just tank, tank, tank. And I don't think he wants to sit there on 15 wins on his record. So he could try to win in Chicago, and you know from here. You give him like four or five years or whatever to try to build a playoff team and whatever stuff like that. So I guess that's that's more of an appeal. And if you had to choose between Oklahoma and Chicago as a city to do it, that's probably also <laughs> a, nice, a nice look. So Fair. I think he got a pay raise. I'm oh, okay. just a little surprised that he took it so quick and not didn't try to go after like New Orleans or wait right around for Philly or you know just anything. So. Yeah. You know, I don't think that highly of Billy Donovan. I think he's a good coach, but I don't think he's – I don't think Maybe. he'd be what the Sixers would need or something like that. So, Right. You know, I think that's kind of like a good spot for him. Yeah. And speaking of Philly, there's been a lot of Mike D'Antoni to Philly rumors. What do you think about that? Because I, I, I don't see it. <laughs> Only way I understand that is that they plan on just running it through in, uh, Simmons and trading and beat. Mm-hmm. Because it just – Diminishes and B, just making a pick and pop big and facing the floor and you know never getting any post ups. Yeah. Um, I mean, it it can it might be able to work, but I don't know if Joel is willing to swallow his pride and only average like twenty one point, points per game and not getting a lot of touches. Right. Not getting you know his chance to create offense. It won't be running through him. 
Yeah, I have similar thoughts, man. Like, I don't, I mean, I'm I'm fond of Mike D'Antoni as a coach, um, and especially in a regular season. Um, in, in, in the postseason, his, his formula just doesn't work. But, I mean, in, in, in a regular season and for getting guys regular season awards, like, Mike D'Antoni's the guy. But, I mean, long term and as far as building a legacy, I don't know if you want Mike D'Antoni as your head coach, especially if you're Joel Embiid when you have the potential to put up Shaq-like numbers and average 28 and 12 with three blocks and be the defensive player of the year plus the MVP if you get your shit together. But um, you're not going to do that with Mike D'Antoni. Well, maybe you will in a regular season. But, you know, as as far as a legacy, you're, you're not going to win a finals MVP and win championships with Mike D'Antoni as your head coach. Um, if you're Joel Embiid, anyway, just because of his style of play. I mean, he 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 likes to run and gun, which he's done for the past almost twenty years. Uh, no adjustments. He, <laughs> zero adjustments. Um, you take it away, you can't do nothing else. I mean, yeah, look at the Rockets when they couldn't do yeah. small ball. It was like, oh, oh, we suck. We're out. <laughs> yeah, and I I think I think one one really fatal flaw that nobody likes to talk about with Mike D'Antoni is that he he, he relies on certain guys too much. Like he he plays like a six or seven man rotation in in the postseason, man. That's just that that's not it. Like of course you have to shorten up your rotation, but the the further you go and the the longer the series are, like your guys are going to get tired. You can't be playing James Harden forty eight minutes a night um, in the regular season and in every round in the postseason. Like that's he's going to get worn down. And you know we, we we talked about it last last pod with PJ Tucker, like. This dude was banging all year against these big men, and he, he gets in the playoffs, and he has to go against AD. And by game two, he was useless because he was just so tired. I mean, he he's got a you know he's Mike and Tony has to, has to find a way to play more than you know six or seven guys in in the postseason. That's just my opinion. Um, I, I but, agree, yeah. and not just play them, but also put them in positions to succeed. So right, just in case, like in a series, you could pull a guy that might just be able to give you an impact in this series. You know, just because of whatever matchup. Yep, but you used him before. It's not like you just pulled him, just dusted him off. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. That's kind of what the, that's that's what the Lakers do. But you know, we'll get into that. Yeah. So um, let, let's continue this this Eastern Conference talk we're having, man. Um, you know, obviously the Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics series is over. Uh, Miami has won in six games. Uh, to me, this series is never really in doubt. Even even when uh, Boston won Game Three, I believe it was. I still was like, yeah, I like Miami in this series. They're just, to me, they're just a better, more complete team. Um, I, I'm like really high on Miami. I, I pretty much have been since they since they traded for Andre Iguodala and Jay Crowder um, in January. But what are your thoughts on what you saw in the series, man? And I mean, do you do you? I, I don't want to say do you fear the Miami Heat, but like, do you do you have the appropriate fear? I guess as you would say for Miami, based on what you saw. You know, I I, I still don't fully understand what makes them so good. I'm, 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 I've been looking at the numbers. I've been looking at their players. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll get into that when it's actually talking about the Lakers heat matchup, but right. as far as this series, you picked the heat in six, didn't you? Originally? I did. So that was a good pick. I had the Celtics in six at first and then shifted the heat in six when they were up two Oh, but um, I mean, look, they, they play hard. One thing I noticed is they, they get to the line. Um, yeah, they make the free throws. They don't turn it over. Um, they get like they they know where their shots come from. Um, mm-hmm. They don't just have guys throwing up BS shots like the Celtics. Yeah, that, that's what killed me about the Celtics. They just take the worst shots and have the, the dumbest turnovers. It's like 
what are y'all doing? Like, Marcus Smart, I love the guy. <laughs> he should not be out here shooting eight threes a game. Yeah, he was like four of 13 in game six. It's like, come on, man. Like, um, and yeah, eight, eight, one of eight in one of those games. He'll he'll get hot and win you one, but he'll he'll lose you three uh, <laughs> off, off of him just shooting terrible shots. Uh, Kemba just can't make the impact in the playoffs like he can in the regular season. They just take away the airspace. He's too little. He can't defend. Though he tries hard, he's a good player. He 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 just you know he just kind of goes down a peg in the playoffs. And then Tatum, I mean, he 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 can only do so much. Uh, at, you know, at, with his skill set, he's he did pretty good. He had good playoffs. Jalen Brown had a really good playoffs, but the Celtics, I think, are just flawed. They don't have size. They don't have, like, a hierarchy, um, and their offense yeah. just doesn't make sense. It took them, like, three or four games to figure out the zone. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I don't want to take away too much from Miami, but I just felt like Boston were killing themselves. I th- felt like they had mm. more talent, but they just were stupid. And okay. They, I, th- I feel like they should have won the series. Now, wow. I, I feel like the Heat, they just execute. They know who they are, and um, that's what got them. I mean, the first round against Indiana is whatever. That, yeah. That's what got them to beat Milwaukee is they stuck to the game plan, and they just blitzed them, and yep. Milwaukee didn't adjust. The Celtics, it took them too, too long, and they just they, 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 they lost around the margins. And mm-hmm. I think that's where I give Miami a lot of respect is that they will grit out whatever it takes to win, and they're, they're versatile. Um, and they just don't rely on one thing. You know, Miami reminds me a lot of those old Greg Popovich Spurs teams, like the mid-2000s teams, when Tim Duncan was really good. And they, like, I think the... the, the yeah, like, the main word that, that I think of this team is discipline. Like, these guys are really disciplined. They they don't foul you, but they, they go through the line a lot. They take great shots. They they're, they're always in position. They always get back in transition. They defend the rim really well. They can shoot really well. And they have dogs. Like, Miami has a lot of guys that just want to hoop and that just want to beat you and compete, which which I love. Like, I, I I like a lot of guys on their team, and I'm not ashamed to say it. Like, as as a Lakers fan, like, I'm like I'm, I'm a fan of Tyler Hero. Like, I've, I've, I've been talking about this kid all year. Like, this dude can ball. Um, and him dropping 36, I believe it was, in game five was just – it was insane. Like I was in, I, I, I was in Vegas with, with my friend Nick, who's a Celtics fan, just watching the game, and I was just like, "Bro, like, why can they not stop Tyler Hero? Like, <laughs> these kids doing whatever he wants out there." I mean, he, he was looking like Dame Lillard. Uh, it was crazy, man. But I, I mean, I, I, it, I, I didn't really think about Boston that way. Um, where we said that you know they kind of beat themselves. I mean, you know, you had said that Boston has been taking some terrible shots in. Up until like game four or five, I, I didn't really see it. Um, I was just like, "Wow, like that was a interesting choice of a of a of a play, like <laughs> to take a step back three with twenty one seconds on the clock." Okay, I mean, all right, um, you know, or or to just to uh, do a pull up jumper with three people on you, like, okay, Tatum, do you? Um, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I I don't get it. You know, uh, that's 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 kind of why I have this next point about Boston, man, like. Where did they go from here? I mean, and should Brad Stevens get some blame? Like, Brad Stevens is one of those guys who gets talked about as like as like a, a saint. Like, you know, if you talk bad about Brad Stevens, you're just a hater. But I I I think it's time to start pointing some fingers at this guy. Like, he's 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 not perfect, and right. these playoffs kind of showed it. So, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, he's a good coach, but look, they've 
they've lost in the conference finals, what, like four out of the last five years or something like that? I mean, they get there, but they just can't get over the hump. A lot of that was attributed to LeBron. Right. Um, but um, this year, I feel like they had as best a shot as any. I mean, they knocked Philly out when Simmons was hurt. Um, uh, they avoided Milwaukee, who kind of was a, a thorn in their, in their side. Yep. And you, you match up pretty good with Miami. I mean, other than somebody for Adebayo, they, they should have – I feel like they had they had the matchups. Um, but they just didn't play smart. And it's kind of the same thing with Brad. I mean, I mean with the Celtics, with, with his teams, is that he just let these guys do whatever they want out there. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I don't know if – if it's just how it is with Marcus Smart, like just nobody could tell him nothing. He does what he wants on offense, right. and they, they need his defense. But they got to try to corral him in. Um, they need to run more actions for uh, between their best players. I mean, how often did you see like Kimba running a pick and roll with Tatum or something like they they right. kind of just do one on one. They just do their own thing out there. Um, they need a little more emotion, like offensive continuity instead of just my turn. My turn, your over. turn, yeah. And, and honestly, bro, he, he's got a blind spot for Gordon Hayward. I mean, I agree. It's tough because he keeps getting hurt or come back from these situations. But you got to know when he's not good, man, you can't just be running him out there for 30, 35 minutes and letting him do his thing and running it through him the whole time. It's one thing if he's just spotting up out there, but him be having out, having the ball and missing these layups and just looking rusty. <laughs> you know, that was kind of killing him. Um, yeah. And. I've been saying it all year for them. I, I don't know why they didn't address this at the deadline, but Daniel Tice is a good player, but y'all need some more size, man. This guy's only like six six eight out there. Yeah. Um, I, I think they were just hoping that Tristan Thompson would get bought out or something like that, but they, they could have tried to make some kind of small trade um, just for at least another serviceable body besides Cantor or uh, that rookie they were throwing out there. Yeah. Robert Williams, I think. Yeah, yeah. Man, you know, I, I don't um, – Boston Boston's interesting because I feel like they're going to have to make a move this offseason, whether it's Brad Stevens, which I, I just – I don't think that that Boston's – or Danny Ainge is going to get rid of Brad Stevens. I, I think they're just too tight, even though it's been seven years. Like, I, I just looked it up. He's been there since 2013, which is a long time for a coach to be in one place, especially by today's standards. But, um, you know, I, I think that they're either going to have to get rid of Hayward which is going to hurt them, especially after all the injuries he's had. And they gave him a big contract, but I think he's on the last year or two of that contract anyway. Yeah, um, next season. Next season, okay, yeah. Or or they're, they're going to have to finally get rid of either Jalen Brown or, or, or Tatum or something. Like, or Kemp, like, they've got to do something. This Celtics team is presently constructed, just ain't it. Um, you know, I mean, I, I guess, I don't know. I, I was going to say, I guess Celtics fans are happy just getting to the Eastern Conference Finals, but of course they're not. Like this, the Boston Celtics have the most championships in NBA history for now. So, you know, I don't <laughs> I, I, I can't imagine that they're happy just getting knocked out um, at the Eastern Conference Finals every year. But, you know, we'll see, man. We'll see what happens in the offseason. Uh, we'll see what happens with them. <clears throat> but let's talk about those Lakers, man. You know, obviously, both of us are huge Laker fans. Uh, before the Lakers and Nuggets series, you were hearing all this noise about the Nuggets um, but I will say that a lot of people picked the Lakers, but they were like, well, don't sleep on the Nuggets. I'll say Lakers in five. Um, <laughs> I think you said the same thing. Honestly, this series was never really in doubt for me. Um, you know, 
AD and LeBron just they they just destroyed those guys, especially AD. Um, and in, in the final few games, LeBron just put it away, man. But what did you see in this series, man? That uh, that that made you a proud Lakers fan. <laughs> well, it's funny you said it was never in doubt. So much so that your ass was sleeping game five. You didn't I know. The game, right? Yeah, I, I didn't. I fell asleep. I was one. like, I was like, we got it. <laughs> it's always nice to see LeBron go into Avatar mode or something, whatever. Avatar State. Uh, yeah. Avatar State. Yeah. But um, look, I, honestly, it was we won in five, but it was closer than what it seemed. Every game. I mean, it's not we blew them out in the first game. Other than that, you know, every game came down to a couple possessions, right? So, mm-hmm. um, but when it came down to it, I mean, we just outlasted them. I don't think we really went hard, to be honest. Um, I agree. Um, I mean, look, every every series we've been hearing the same stuff. Oh, Lakers better watch out! Like it's just it's almost just like people don't understand. It's more <laughs> to it than just okay, you got we got the two best players, but. The rest of our players suck. It's like mm-hmm. you know, our, our role players are like built for to to play off of our best players. They're built for our system, and our defense holds it together. Like, it's, yep. I I don't know why that's so hard for people. It doesn't really matter who's the third score for our team, really. Just somebody got to score. Yeah. Um, and hit shots. But um, I mean, it was it was just good, man. Um, every series we're just seeing our the Lakers role players just earn their stripes. Um, AD hit a a game winner in game two. Um. Beautiful, huge, huge, yeah, beautiful shot. Uh, uh, I mean, the biggest shot of his career, um, and it's just, it's, it's just almost just like a love letter, man. Our guys are just getting all these, these experience and getting, just earning their stripes, just going through the battles, um, and they answer to the challenge. I mean, yeah, the Nuggets never really gave up. Every game they fought, um, they they didn't lay down, but we still just snuffed them away just about every time. Um, even in the one game they won, they were up big, and we came, came back, back. Yeah, went, went down like twenty and came back in like five minutes. Um, <laughs> in fourth in the fourth quarter, but it just ran out of gas. So, and that was really the only time we were really playing with our food, and we got burned. <laughs> but yeah, man, look, shout out, shout out to the Nuggets, man. Um, this is gonna sound cocky, but it is what it is. Y'all never stood a chance. Um, like we were going to beat y'all, but shout out to the Nuggets, shout out to Jamal Murray. You got better, man. I said it last pot. I know you're listening, by the yes. way, and like you got so much better. Like you're, I, I, I mean, I, I don't know if you'll be an All Star just because you know the West is just so stacked, and Steph and Clay are going to be back. But you, you definitely have All Star level talent. Um, and the the rest of the league has got to look out for you next year. So shout out to Jamal Murray, shout out to Jeremy Grant. Like this, this like role player. Yeah. Came out of this nowhere, guy, balling. Almost every every time he threw up a shot, I was like, "Oh my god, this guy's gonna make it. him and yeah. Monte Morris." Just yeah, he is making everything. Yep, yep. And uh, Jeremy Grant, I know you need a deal, Lakers. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Shout out to uh, Mason Plumley. Uh, this freaking it's Mason kind of Plumley, kind of our sixth man out there, just kept messing up and <laughs> being in the way, just eating them alive every time he was on the floor. <laughs> Hopefully, Mason, he can do that with like Kelly Olynyk or Myers Leonard. Just I, I want them to. I want the mother. <laughs> I, oh my God, Miami! Please do it. Please disrespect AD like that, please. But you know what? Speaking about big man, um, something that I don't know if Vogel gets a lot of credit for, like when in in like national media, Vogel loves to make adjustments, and like most of his adjustments are great. And one that I loved, this is something that also that I've been talking about all year, is starting freaking Dwight Howard. 
again, this is no disrespect to JaVale McGee, but he's he just he just doesn't he he's just not he his basketball IQ is just not there to guard somebody like Jokic without fouling him every single time or just getting lost out there. Dwight was the perfect guy to guard Jokic. Um, I, I, I wasn't a huge fan of like him trying to like bully him or whatever that was, but yeah, that was just just playing like straight up defense. Like Dwight Howard is still elite, and like he he played Jokic as best as he could every time he was out there. I, I really the difference maker because Jokic was so focused on trying to score that he wasn't distributing, which I think is Jokic's best asset. So just shout out to Dwight Howard. Um, but what do you think about that, man? Yeah, uh, and again, shout out to Bogle again for even having that talk with Dwight, telling him to you know calm down with the antics and just just play yeah. hard, just focus because he's doing his, he's doing he's very effective, just doing this this thing out there. Um, and we talked about this all year, man. Dwight has been awesome for us. He's, he's he has he's, he's he's lost athleticism, but he's still pretty athletic for a five. Uh, mm-hmm. He's still strong as hell, and he's still smart. He knows what he's doing. He's he positions himself. He he communicates. Yeah. Um, one thing I was noticing when he, especially in Game Five, is that, um, and, and this is one where Jokic was in foul trouble. So Dwight was out there even when Jokic wasn't out there. But he, he, what he does for our defense, he lets AD just be a roamer. AD yes. and LeBron be roamers, and that just wreaks havoc on the on the, um, the weak side, or and on the strong side, uh, off the ball. Um, um, and yeah, he just he just, he's, he sits back there and he calls out everything. He's he's very vocal. You could hear him. Um, and he just he's always right there. He just I just feel so comfortable when Dwight's on the floor. Yeah, that, that's probably the best way to put it. I just feel so much more comfortable. Everything's just in place. Yeah. You know, it's crazy because at the beginning of the season, when we signed him to a non guaranteed deal, a lot of Lakers fans like, oh, man, like what Dwight are we going to get? Like, are we going to get the, the prima donna Dwight that wants touches and wants to do post moves? Or are we going to get the Dwight that, you know, that has learned his lesson and blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, it's, you it's cool, man. No, I don't. What'd you say? Oh, man, you have to find a tape. But I was like, all he has to do is <laughs> just, just play, play defensive rebound. It's, it's just defensive <laughs> rebound. He could fit so perfectly. He don't got to try to score, uh, you know, just, just you're at the end of your rope. I mean, this is, <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you mess up here, you probably be out the league. Um, so all you got to do is just play your role. Just just be quiet. Just defense and rebound. And he did it. And you know what? Now he might play another three, four years. Right. Yeah, I, I, I would love to have Dwight back next year. Like, I would too. Yeah, yeah like I, I I would really like – I mean, I, I think JaVale's on his last year, so sorry, JaVale, but Dwight, come He's on back. he got a player option. Oh, he does? Okay, yeah. He'll probably – He's staying. <laughs> yeah, he's he not going nowhere. Um, so yeah, man, like it's, it's been a long journey. Um, it's been 10 years since we've been to the finals and I know like everybody that's not a Lakers fan that's listening to this right now is probably rolling their eyes and like, Oh, you know, my franchise has never been to the NBA finals, but you know, sorry. Um, the the Lakers go to the finals a lot and we win a lot, but, um, man, like it's, this has been so long. Like we've had so many like garbage players. Well, I don't want to call them garbage because they try really hard when they play for us, but 
we had to sit through the Robert Sacres and the Ryan Kellys and guys of that nature. Um, Swaggy P. <laughs> Swaggy P. Chris Kamen. Chris, oh, man. Uh, Roy Hibbert. Oh, man. Uh, Carlos Boozer. Down every five minutes. <laughs> it's, it's very hard out here, man. It's very hard out here. And, you know, we, we had all those number two picks that we traded away. Just, you know, what are your what are your thoughts and, like, your excitement to finally get back to this point? It's crazy, man. Uh, just think where you were 10 years ago. Yeah. Uh, wow. I mean, it, and what's also crazy, we don't really have a lot to show for. <laughs> we got all these, <laughs> all these draft picks and traded them all. Uh, Coos and, like, Caruso, like, the only – well, Caruso wasn't even the draft pick. So Coos is, like, the only draft pick we have, right? From yeah, I think era. so. Yeah. And he might not even last much longer after this year. So, <laughs> um, so it's just, it's crazy, man. Um, I, I just, I guess that goes to show the Lakers aren't meant to build through the draft, right? Like, yeah, it's just too much. Um, draft picks are, I mean, that pressure, it's just a lot going on being in LA and being the media, um, uh, bu- uh, bubble pretty much all the time. Um, these guys, look better once they left the Lakers, but you know, whatever. Um, I mean, it's very humbling because as a fan, we pretty much only knew winning, right? Pretty When you were a kid, they were winning championships all the way up until high school. Yeah. Um, for, it's crazy. For, for, and now some fans, they might not even know the Lakers being a championship team. It's been that long. Yeah. Some fans might not have even seen Kobe, might not have remember, remembered the last championship or might not have been fans at the time. So, yeah, 10 years is a long time. Crazy. (laughs) I mean, like, all the... You appreciate it much more. Yeah, like, all the, like, you know, from from getting, like, you remember how excited we were to get the number two pick in 2016? And, you know, like, we, like, D'Angelo Russell, I mean, I I wasn't excited to pick him, but, you know, Lakers fans were. for these guys, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, 2017, we got Lonzo and, and, and Brandon Ingram the next year, or reverse, whatever it was. And like, yeah, like I, I mean, we we freaking flew out to Vegas to watch Lonzo play in the summer league in Vegas. Like it was hype. Yeah, it, it was lit. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, but like you know that that's that's just shows like how 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 big of fans we are. Um, you know Think about and, like last year before this season. I mean, yeah, how terrible last year. That was probably maybe the worst year in our <laughs> that we can remember. Either that or the Dwight Mayor uh, when Kobe tore his Achilles twenty first. Yeah, season, one of those. The worst season. I mean, we had pods about it, how bad it was. Uh, the Lakers fans were out there protesting, and Magic Johnson is uh, just stepped down quit, in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, just quit, yeah, quit right in the middle of the last game, or right before the last game, and then went on first take, just went crazy against Palenka right when Vogel was getting introduced, actually. Yep. Um, the, the AD trade saga, which failed and just had our team just look, you know, basically give up. Um, wow. I mean, did you think we were actually going to get that trade? In January of last year, of course I did, but you know, <laughs> it didn't happen. Do you know when everything changed? There's there's two key things that changed everything for us. No, tell us. So, I mean, I'm talking about just last year. I mean, obviously LeBron was the first domino, but like last year, uh, KD and uh, tearing his Achilles, and then Clay tearing his knee. That basically just opened up the window for everybody. Like, oh, oh the, the, the Warriors are no longer. You know, just dominating everything. Right. I was like, you know, you do what you want. Because it didn't, like, two or three days after that, we made the trade for AD, if you remember. Like, no, I don't. The, like, like, a day after the finals ended, we made the trade. Wow. 
Good. Um, but so the second thing was us getting that number four pick, moving up yeah. from like eleven to number four. Yeah, I do remember once that. We, I, I, I I remember like literally once that happened, I was just like, oh, Birdman, <laughs> Birdman, <laughs> hey, bro, that's all we needed. Just gonna sauce it up. If it wasn't for that, I mean, how lucky are we to get, especially that pick? Yeah. Um, but traded for AD, um, and I, I knew we had to do it because the window opened and everything just fell into place, man. Honestly, I didn't think I would love a team full of mercenaries because call it like it is, it's pretty much what it is. Right? <laughs> like, for sure. Chasing debts and, you know, a whole bunch of veterans at the end of their career, mostly banding together to win the ring. I didn't think I would like a team like that, but the way these guys play so hard and so smart uh, and the way Vogel is coached and, you know, just the passion they play with to try to, all of them had like a sense of redemption that they were trying to, uh, you know, realize. And it was just a, like a, a beautiful mix. Yeah. Yeah, man, this, this, this team is, is special. That is for sure. But uh, we cannot talk like it's over because it's not, job is not finished. Shout out to Kobe. Job is not finished. We got four more to go, and the Miami Heat are standing in our way. Um, we did win the season series 2-0. AD dominated both of the games, but the season series I really think should be thrown out because this was we we played them early in the season before they made the trade to get Iguodala and Jay Crowder. Um, and Le, uh, LeBron apparently had his way. I think he had a triple-double in the second game um, with just Jimmy Butler guarding him. But now, obviously, things are different. Um, you know, they, they, they have a lot of guys to throw at LeBron who at this point seems unstoppable, but statistically Jimmy Butler and Andre Iguodala play LeBron the best statistically. So what role do you think those, those guys will have on LeBron? And like, do do you think like, you know, it'll be a major factor going into this series? Um, see the thing with LeBron with our team is that it's not like we rely on him necessarily to you know give us 30 or nothing like that right so i guess what i'm what i'm i'll throw this back to you like what do you think they will do that would really decrease lebron's production because well all we need from lebron is like you know 25 give us this eight nine assists and rebound well see yeah that's the thing i think over 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 a seven game series i, I think those guys are going to play him 94 feet I think that they're not going to let him bring the ball up casually like he like 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 he likes to do, and that disrupts his rhythm. Um, when when he has to pass the ball off to give it to Caruso or Rondo to bring up, I really feel like that disrupts his rhythm. Uh, also, it, it it disrupts his playmaking, which is huge for us, uh, especially in our starting lineup because there's nobody else that can do it aside from him. So I feel like I feel like those guys are, are definitely going to play a part. I, I don't want to say they're going to shut LeBron down because that's impossible especially in the NBA finals where he just ramps up his game. And I mean, LeBron has been, he's averaged 40 like multiple times in the finals. So on Iguodala's head. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not really worried that they're going to stop him to be completely honest, but I do think, especially at this stage in his career, those guys can definitely bother him and make things more difficult, but stopping him. I really think that I, I, I think that's out of the question. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I guess, if I was a Heat fan, um, I'd be more concerned about what we're we going to do about Anthony Davis. Yeah. Because, I mean, sure. yeah, LeBron, look, I guess you just kind of hope that the trends of how LeBron's played this playoffs continue and he's just not ultra aggressive. Now, if he decides that he's, he wants to score and he's aggressive, then that's a whole other story. Then they got to worry about that. But, like, 
I don't know if LeBron's got the energy to just go 100, like, all game. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I, I think what our playoff run is kind of proven is that we're riding we're riding this, this horse with the unibrow. <laughs> true. Very and true. If they're going to have Adebayo guard AD, then that, takes, that kind of takes Adebayo away from defending the rim. And I don't think Iguodala and Crowder and all them are going to be able to uh, you know, stop LeBron without a rim protector behind them. Yeah. And then you know, our center. Exactly. That that's the next thing. So Miami likes to start small. Like they start with uh Drogic, who's gonna kill us, which I'll talk about him in a second. Um they start Drogic, Jimmy Butler, Jay Crowder, uh Bam, and I think they start Hero. I think they start Hero now. But yeah, like they, they, uh, they start no. really small. Who do they start? They, yeah, they start Dragic, Jimmy, Duncan Robinson, Duncan Robinson, Crowder, and Adebayo. Yeah, so yeah, they, they 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 have Bam at the five. They start really small. So I think our major advantages, which is what I wanted to get into next, um, you know, just talking about advantages the Lakers will have. I think our major advantages would be um, our our inside presence, our rim protection, and our rebounding, uh, just like they are in every series that we played. <laughs> so I mean, you know. I think as as long as we continue to pound the paint, I, I I think guys like Dwight and JaVale will be huge in this series, just like they were in the Denver series, even though JaVale got taken out a little early. But um, and, you know, I I hope that, that Vogel lets Dwight guard Bam because I, I don't want AD getting in foul trouble trying to guard Bam because Bam is a really good player. Like, I, I really hope the Lakers have a game plan for him and they're not trying to disrespect him because Bam can dribble. He can shoot. He can drive. Uh, he is super athletic. He will dunk on your head if you're not paying attention. Uh, I'm I'm really high on Bam out of bio. So hopefully somebody like Dwight tries to guard him. And you know, of, of course, AD will get his shot in that too. But um, what do you think about that? Oh, do you think? I think. Oh, go ahead. I think out of bio is going to have a hard time in this series. Really? I, I really do. And I, and I and I like him a lot too. But like you said, with if we have Dwight or AD guarding him, and then the other big is kind of lurking. I mean, what? He's not just going to be running to the paint doing these these wild dunks on like he was on Daniel Tice. I mean, <laughs> yeah. So I, I hope so. Yeah, I mean that I was think, yeah that, that, that was kind Miami, of my point. They're gonna. I, I don't think they want to try to have a war in the paint. I think they they need to try to have these these shooters uh, get off shots and, and try to kill it, stretch us out. Yeah. Um, Maybe Adebayo have a big series as a result of like Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero dominating, but which I can't happen. That should, which can't happen. I think that should be their number one focus is getting up three point shots. They yeah. have to win the three point battle. Yeah, that was that was my, my my main advantage for for Miami that I have written down is that they have sharp shooters on their team. But I'm, I'm if if Miami beats us because because of that, I'm going to be highly disappointed in Vogel. I'm going to be highly disappointed in LeBron and the Lakers because we know that they're going to run all these little um, they're going to run these little ISO pick and pops, these little pick and curls for Duncan Robinson. We have to have those covered. We have to have those covered. Like this is the freaking finals. We we we, we got to have that covered. Tyler Hero cannot do freaking pull up threes from uh, running a fast break. Like we've got to know these guys' tendencies because if if we don't, those guys are, are going to kill us. Like. And, you know, I, I spoke about Goran Dragic earlier. Uh, we don't really have an answer for Dragic. He's, he's just too shifty. Um, I think I think he would probably be like the leading scorer in most of these games. But honestly, if if Dragic drops 30 and we still win, who cares kind of thing? 
Um, but I don't I don't think that 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 we can we can leave their shooters open. E- even Jay Crowder, who was horrible in the Eastern Conference Finals in terms of shooting, um, this this would be a great time for him to find his stroke now, and I don't want that to happen. So we, we we've got to make sure that we get to their shooters just like we did against Houston, just like we did against Portland, just like we did against Denver. So, yeah, what do you think about that? I, I mean, I'd imagine if we can wear down Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, James Harden, uh, you know, Westbrook was a self-check, um, Jamal Murray, <laughs> we could wear these guys down. I'm thinking Dragic, we could wear him down by the, by the time, you know, by game four, five, six of the series. Um, I, I just don't see him being the guy that kills us because I think we're going to have a more scouting report. Yeah. Oh. It went out for a second. Sorry. Go ahead. Say what you say. Say it again. Sorry. I, I don't think Dragic is going to be the guy that kills us because I think we're going to have him. Like Vogel pretty much called him out. He's their third best player. He's going to be on the scouting report. Oh wow. Um, Good. So I don't. I don't see that. I, I, like I said, I think it's just going to have to be guys like Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero because we're going to load up um, on their dribble actions and their their dribble handoffs and their curls. We're going to load up on that. Um, but if they make swing, 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 and you know, guys open in the corner, that's that's what can kill us. Like, right? Yeah, the 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 Igadalas and the Crowders, those guys are going to be wide open. We're going to be helping off of them. Yeah. But Duncan Robinson, he only needs a little bit of airspace. He catches the ball like his shooting pocket is pretty much right at his head. Like he catches mm-hmm. it, he's ready to fire, just fling it. And yeah. Tyler Hero gets his off too. So I think it's going to be the role players from Miami that kill us if. They mm. do beat us. I don't. I don't think it's gonna be. I don't think Jimmy has 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 the the juice to like just kill us by himself. He might have a big game or two, but I don't think he's gonna be averaging forty or none. No. Uh, I don't think Bam Adebayo is gonna beat us in the paint, and I don't think we're gonna let Goran Dragic at thirty four years old kill us either. <laughs> so it's gonna have to be like some unsung heroes, some Tyler Hero type stuff. Uh, and you know, if that's what happens, what we'll adjust. Uh, and I don't, I'm not saying we're just going to leave them open, but if they just start going crazy and all of a sudden we have to focus on Tyler Hero, then that's what we'll have to do moving forward. But I think I don't think there's a lot of things Miami can do to like adjust us if we adjust to them. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Like, I, I don't, I, that's fair. They, they only play like seven deep. Uh, the only bench players they play are Iguodala and uh, Hero. Um, so I think if we figure them out, they're gonna pull out Myers Leonard, Kelly Olynyk, and Solomon Hill. <laughs> please, so I mean, please like do it. Derrick Jones Jr. I mean, they don't. So they're not deep. We play like ten deep, yeah, even more sometimes. Um, and <clears throat> I think they're gonna have a problem um, with us in the paint. Um, so here's how here's how Miami can win. The Lakers turn it over a lot. Yes. Like, I think that maybe in the most in the playoffs, like it's, it's crazy, like stupid right. stuff too. Like, so in Miami does not. So if Miami is only averaging like 10, 11 turnovers while the Lakers are averaging 18, uh, you know, that, that can be a big factor. Um, we talked about three point shooting. They have to win a three point shooting in Miami. Yeah. The Lakers just got to shoot average. They're like, Undefeated when they shoot over thirty percent or something like that in the free throw from three. So they don't gotta. We don't gotta make a lot. We just you know KCP and Rondo and Markeith and these guys are gonna be hitting threes just enough to keep the defense honest. That's all we need. Um, and then Miami. Um, uh, damn, I forgot about the third point. <laughs> but 
But those are really the main two things, though, is that they, they – oh, the third one. They have to make sure that they get back on, on defense. Like, yeah, we, we, we get – we're not a good – the Lakers aren't a good half-court offensive team. Um, they're kind of predictable. They just run through AD and LeBron. Whereas with in the full court, I mean, they, they're very opportunistic. They'll score after a make. They'll do football passes down the court. Um, so Miami has to make sure they get back. You know, if a shot goes up, just run back. <laughs> just just yeah. leave it up. No need to try the offensive rebound. It ain't worth it. Um, and I think those three things are like the only shot they have a chance to like, you know, keep it close. And, and if they keep it close, then maybe they have a chance to steal it in the clutch because I think they're a much better clutch team than we are. Because as long as we're relying on LeBron and these crazy ass step backs, whatever you <laughs> mess around doing, it's kind of we're just kind of unpredictable in the clutch. I, I mean, we got the better players, but I don't think we'd be, we'd be you know be tricking off too much. So. Um, and yeah, I think they, they also need to try to come out and win like the first two games. I think the I longer the series goes, the more LeBron and, and Rondo and, and those guys start to figure them out. So they're going to have to come out blitzing. You know, one name that we've barely touched on, even though he's a star of the team, is Jimmy Butler. Um, you know, honestly, I, I don't see Jimmy Butler having a huge series, but that's not really to discredit him. I mean, he's... He's not like a 30 point per game score like that. That's, that's just not his game. He, he he's way more of a two way player than, say, a Clay Thompson is like, even though Clay's a two way player, you, you, you can kind of give Clay 25 a night just because he's such a lethal shooter. But um, Jimmy Butler, man, like I think I, I think he'll be I don't know. I don't, I don't want to say pedestrian, but I, I, I think he'll be, you know, 18, 19 points a game. And, you know, he'll, he'll I mean. Unfortunately for him, he's got to guard LeBron, so I don't I, I don't really see him scoring too much in this series. What, what do you think about that? Can they live like that though? No, they I mean, can't. They, but they don't have a choice. Far, but I don't they don't know. have a choice. Yeah, I, I, That's the thing. <laughs> I, I think analysts are kind of understating how good our defense is too. Yeah, they like are. I, said, I, I don't think Adebayo is going to have much success in the paint. Um, uh, you know, like he's he's been used to having, and you know Miami. You say they're a great three-point shooting team, but I've been looking at the stats. They're not great, bro. It's just like a few guys that are sharpshooters. But, like, Jimmy is not a great shooter. Uh, Adebayo has no three-point shot. Crowder has been very cold where he was hot in the first couple rounds. Yeah. Iguodala, you know, he'll come up big in the clutch games. Um, right. But other than that, I mean, it's just Hero and Duncan Robinson. So just – And Dragic. You know, and Dragic, he, he's – yeah, you don't want to leave him open, but he's not – you know, he, he can get hot, but he's not a guy that you expect to be shooting 40 percent, uh, you know, just killing you. He's, he's more of like, a, you know, he'll hit shots here and there. You don't want him to get in rhythm. Just stay on him. But, you know, I, I wouldn't worry too much about him, like, just killing you from three. You know what I'm saying? He, he gets in the paint. He's real shifty. You know, he, he's, he's more of like a crafty um, scoring type of, type of guard. But, yeah, uh, yeah, Jimmy... Yeah, and he's. I don't really see you know, a way for him to be averaging twenty five, thirty a game either. But that's kind of <laughs> he's their best player, and he's got to try to whether it's getting to the free throw line, which he's really good at. Um, which that's another thing the Lakers need to be worried about is if they start with Dwight, you know, Dwight be getting a lot of silly fouls and just gets us into foul trouble. And in the bonus, I think a guy like Jimmy and even Bam could take advantage of that. They're, they're, they get to the line; they're great free throw shooters. So yeah. I don't know. Um, I, I think it just comes down to um, if the Lakers play smart and play to their strengths and continue executing and continue being hungry and 
I, I think LeBron still has another level he can play, and I, I think AD has another level he can play. Okay. Sounds good, man. The numbers he's putting up. Right. So, man, uh, we're, 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 we're here at the end of the pod, man. The only thing I need left from you is a prediction. Who wins this series, man? Who wins the NBA championship and in how many games? <sighs> so, my mind is telling me Lakers in five. But I want to be wow. respectful and say Lakers in six. Wow. Okay. But you I, know what's... I I... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go, go ahead. I was going to say, like, I just feel like, like I was saying earlier, there's not a lot of things Miami can turn to for adjustments, I don't think. Like, they play all their guys, like, seven deep in 40-plus minutes a game. Uh, and I, I just think when it comes down to it, we got the best, play, the best two players, and they're just so overwhelming. And they and what they do and how we play off of them. Okay, it's crazy and, and, because and, and, one more thing. Sorry. And yeah. I think after we win this championship, I think a lot of teams are going to reevaluate. You know where the league is going. They might say, "Hey, maybe we need to start getting some big guys <laughs> to play the Lakers <laughs> because if they're going to be beating us up, getting all the rebounds and dominating the paint, and they got Anthony Davis, we might want to get a guy that can guard him." Yeah. And I think we're just seeing the AD is just shredding all these teams. So, okay. I'll yeah, yeah he, he's literally dominated every series. Um, so, man, you know, I, I, I was actually, like, I literally thought the same thing. Like, I, I was thinking, you know, Lakers in five. Um, and then I was like, you know what? I've been I've been sitting here raving about Miami. Uh, there's no way they're going to lose in five games. So, my pick is Lakers in six. Um, you know, I, I obviously, both of us are going to pick the Lakers to win because not only are we fans, but we're, we're just looking at the reality of the situation. The Lakers are, are, are the better team. They're they're better constructed, but um, we we cannot sleep on this Miami Heat team. Um, they uh, just like Denver, like they're they're going to come out and fight every night, and uh, I, I I think that this will definitely be our toughest series yet. But I mean that's not really saying much because we've beaten everybody in five. Um, so you know if 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 we beat somebody in six, it'll be tougher. But um, yeah, man, I, Lakers in six. I totally agree. Yeah, totally agree. Who do you got for Finals MVP? If you had to pick one, ooh, Finals MVP. Um, I think AD is going to be more deserving, but I, I don't think the media is going to let him have it. I think they're going to give it to LeBron, especially because they probably feel bad for giving him 16 MVP votes or whatever. So it'll it'll probably go to LeBron. Not to say that LeBron won't be deserving, but I mean, you know, they'll make up AD this narrative that about 36 points and nine exactly. Rebounds, but, yeah, but yeah, but you know. LeBron. They will because it, 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 it's all about narrative. So like they'll yeah. make it up like, oh, LeBron, he's in his seventeenth year and his tenth NBA Finals and blah 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 blah. He's the greatest. So yeah, I, I think it, it'll go to LeBron just just because of the media narrative. But I think AD would be more deserving. That's just my opinion. What about you? I totally agree. That was pretty much what I was going to say. And going <laughs> forward, I mean, it, it's great that AD, you know, pretty much looks up to LeBron as a brother, so he doesn't yeah. get bothered by this. Because right. I, I was kind of worried that, like, man, like, AD don't get no credit for nothing. Nobody ever, like, pump, pump him up like he should be. The numbers he's putting up is just crazy. He's, I, I talked about it. He's averaging, like, like, you know he's third all-time in points per game in the playoffs behind Jordan and Allen Iverson? Allen Iverson? Wow. That's, that's insane. I love it. I love to hear it. <laughs> wow. I mean, this guy is, is, is like, a, a battleship, you know, offensively and defensively, and I think he's going to be the guy. I mean, you give a Le- you give LeBron a guy like that. I don't know how people didn't think it was going to be curtains. 
Yeah. They just they just want to find any reason to discredit the Lakers because they're the Lakers. So it's cool. It's cool. You know, we'll see who's laughing last. Bitches. Yeah, um, continue building right. the Clippers uh, nuts next year. <laughs> Steve Ballmer paying everybody off. While we going for back to back. Yep. Yes, sir. All right, man. Really appreciate it. Uh, I, I, I don't know if we'll do a game by game pot like we've been doing or if we'll just, you know, celebrate at the end of it. We'll see how things go. But uh, appreciate you being on the pod, man. Another great one, like always. No doubt. Lakers in five. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Current Era Pod. Uh, Lakers in five. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> but, yeah, man, I really appreciate you listening to this special episode. I wanted to get it out before the uh, game one on Wednesday. And uh, don't worry, you will have a new episode on Friday. I know all of my dedicated listeners love Fridays because you get a new episode of the Current Era Pod. Uh, I'm not sure what I'm going to release yet. I've got quite a few things uh, sitting here in the old database. So uh, we'll, I'll figure out what I want to put out, and then I will do so. But until then, you know, just wait and uh, be in mystery. <laughs> that was creepy. All right, anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening, man. I'll see you on Friday.